0: Hello, everyone. I'm Joseph Roberson, a.k.a. Professor Joe, of both King Talk Podcast and The Professor Joe Show. And you are currently listening to King Talk, our unapologetic and transparent discussion on any and all issues related to youth sports. If there's something you'd like to hear discussed, feel free to drop us a line, shoot us a DM and let us know on IG at King Talk Podcast. That's King Talk Podcast, one word, on IG. You can also find us on Facebook at Facebook. I was going to say fake book, right? <laughs> that's because that's what people be doing on there. Facebook at King Talk Podcast and on iHeartRadio and Spotify as well. And I have with me Javaris McConnor. Javaris, what's up with you, man? You good? What's good, baby? What's good? What's good, baby? See, I why, why do I just have to do what you did? That bothers <laughs> me, your brother. I'm, hey, look, I'm, I do original <laughs> things, and now I'm just doing something because the younger King did it. And I want to be like him. Okay, so hey, before we begin today, I just wanted, and Grace, I wanted to share this with you too. I didn't even share this with you. So um, I was at a basketball. Where, what was that? Was it a basketball game? Yeah, basketball game on Saturday, and a young man named Zach uh, and his father. His father had spoke to me and I was like, "Hey, we've been listening to the podcast." and uh you know just sharing some of his thoughts i asked him for some feedback i was like hey feel free to give me any meaningful feedback you have that you think could improve it right and um you know he shared his thoughts with me hey said he really appreciated javaris had having speakers such as yourself um who were just uh very familiar with the world of athletics and could give not just speculation but meaningful advice so i want to um thank you for your participation because i think it adds a uh, a great deal of value to the show but um and to the podcast and to you know for listeners to hear, hey, this is someone who lives this life not just as a former athlete at the collegiate level um and a a special athlete but also someone who works within this field now, helping people um transition from high school to college opportunities and potentially college and beyond so I wanted to thank you for that, my, you know um that being said, so I'm speaking with his father and then I'm I'm uh, leaving and all of a sudden someone says, Coach, Coach. So I turn around and uh, it's Zach. And he's like, Coach, I listen to the podcast. I listen <laughs> to him. And, and you know, um, Grace, I had been, you know, based on my own desire to find many ways to contribute. You know, I was, you know, debating about how much commitment I could show to all the things in front of me. And um, but the the reaffirmation was that, knowing that like, okay well, if this is uh, one individual, just one individual saying that, hey, I'm listening. One young person say I'm listening. And I just felt that obligation. okay we got to make sure we get it done. We got to make sure we get it done. So, you know, I wanted to share that with you, too, because it really impacted me uh, and, you know, share that with the listeners. Um, Now, a lot of times. I talk about how the perspective, purpose behind why young people participate in sports, how we view it as parents, how we view it as coaches. And then, ironically, it was my mother-in-law who brought the article by and gave it to my son. And this article is from the Los Angeles Times sports page, excuse me, from sub- Sunday, September 22nd. And, um She was telling my son, I really want you to read this. I don't know if he actually even read it, but I sure did. And uh, I think what really grabbed me was the um, headline of the article. And it says, when football means more than just a game. And so that caught my attention. So I decided it was just important to share it. And maybe we'll read some of the article and discuss it. Um, Just from the perspective, I'm always talking about how it should be. It's bigger than sports. And Javaris, you've been around my son and I when I'm sitting there telling him like I have almost little to no interest in how how well he dribbles a ball, how well he shoots a ball, how well he catches a ball, how well he runs a ball is so much bigger than that for me is me trying to help him learn discipline, persistence, commitment. Uh, Hey, look, Grace sitting here yelling at me because you're staring at your phone. But Grace, he's probably the younger generation. Grace, that's what they do. They No, Grace, watch this. I can't say anything to him because half the times when I'm in meetings and we're talking, that's all professionals session. around me are doing staring at their phone. But so, I mean, that's just kind of life nowadays, especially his generation. They multitask at it. But, okay, so that being said, when football means more than just a game, It says bridges built when Bishop Diego hosts Chicago Hope. So I think uh, Bishop Diego, I think this is, this article actually too is written by Eric Soundheimer so we could give him credit for the article. So he says, in a dimly lighted parking lot Friday with bags and suitcases sprawled on the ground and the loud clanking sound of a bus engine rattling in their ears, 45 football players from a high school in one of Chicago's toughest areas shed their shoulder pads, remove their blue helmets, and abandon their sparkling clean white jerseys while trying to make sense of their latest challenge. A game two years in the makings, far away from the gun violence and poverty they deal with back home, had been postponed when power went out at Santa Barbara City College. Hey, real quick, the first thing I take note of that sends a message to me, it says, a game two years in the making. A lot of times, whenever we're around something that's happening, to us, we don't really give thought to how that event occurred. So, matter of fact, you were talking about going to check out – is it some young person you're working with who's coming – where's he coming down here from to play against Sierra Canyon on Saturday?
1: Oh, where's he coming um, from?
0: Vegas. Vegas. Yeah. Now, to us, to me, if I, if I happen to go with you, yeah. I'm just going to a game. And, and it does happen to be against these elite-level talents, yeah. high school talents. At the same time, some of us never stop to think that – when did the coordination for this event start taking place and what prompted these two teams to play against each other because there's a whole background story to these things yeah. so again it's that reminder that you know things happen for a reason because usually they exist hey why are we doing this podcast you know things sure, exist yeah. for a reason someone it, it someone had it as an idea or thought in their mind and then made it happen or brought it to fruition so Anyway, continuing on, the football team from Chicago Hope Academy had traveled four and a half hours by plane to Los Angeles from Chicago on Wednesday, then rode two hours on a bus to Santa Barbara, arriving past midnight. They stayed two nights at a hotel and were scheduled to spend the final two nights of their journey with 16 host families after Friday's game against Bishop Diego High. Now, the teams would play Saturday morning, in place of a junior varsity game that had been planned. Logistically, it's been nightmarish, Hope coach Chris Mallette said, I hope I'm getting his name right. It was awkward enough for host families to take in strangers they briefly met the night before when the teams gathered for dinner. Now the Hope coaches were frantically changing sleeping assignments, trying to keep their starters together. Meanwhile, the two wisecracking 61-year-olds responsible for setting up the game were jovial. Bob Muzikowski, Founder and president of Hope recited the Serenity Prayer in the parking lot. Mickey Mick Luckhurst, the special teams coach for Bishop Diego, said, "You couldn't have scripted it better. We wanted to get to know each other. It's the mysterious way of life. Is it okay for me to keep talking, or I mean, if you at any point decide to, you can interrupt me. No, I'm I'm just trying to take in the story
1: visually. Okay, I got you. I got you.
0: I think the first thing." As as I continued reading, was first of all, it was these two sixty year old one uh, gentlemen. So, one of the things I appreciate about being at, at the age of forty seven, I should be able to provide some wisdom and insights to young people. Um, at the same time, I'm still learning in many ways. But what I do recall is when I was younger, I didn't quite appreciate older people around me because I was too busy wanting to live life to sit and listen. And uh, now, as I get older, I realize what gray hair really represents and you know, and I wish I had spent more time listening to the, the older generation. And, I, you know, now that my grandmother has passed away, I wish I had to, uh, heard more stories about what life was like for her, for her family um, immigrating here from Italy, um, cult, the cultural experience. So, you know, that's one of the... When I'm reading, I try to take reflections out of it. What are the lessons learned? What are things that are meaningful, that are resonating in my ear? I was, and, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: I, I was always the, the kid that acted like, like, like he wasn't listening. Like, I used to always, I just yeah. always had a face like, it's like you you have to use this one day. And, right. and essentially, like, all in all, I was definitely listening. Mm-hmm. And I was putting those, you know what I'm right. saying, tools in effectively. Like, yeah. as I was growing. So, it it was like, never, um, it, was, it was never really me being being stubborn. Like, I always listened. Mm-hmm. Even though it, it may look like, you know what I'm saying, I felt like I wasn't. Right. But, like, I always used to apply it, like, in probably, like, the next week. Like, just okay. as far as, like, I used to always get told, like, when 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 you enter in- the room, sit in the front. You know what I'm saying? Like Or, what right. well, they call it the T, you know, sit in the T. So, like, my, my sophomore year, like, I was like, man, I'm starting to sit in the front. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, people yeah. used to laugh and joke, but, like, I used to sit in the front, and, like, I used to really, like, pay attention. Like, I used to be, like... For instance, like we used to have a class full of like football players and a couple other quote unquote nerds. I was cool with the nerds too. Right, you know what right, I'm saying? Right, like right. I I didn't want to be in a group full of football guys. For what? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like you, I'm setting myself up for late work, possibly right. fail, fail right. the, You know what I'm saying? So I always always took that in, in advantage. Just like never, just just never put yourself in a box. Always, you know what I'm saying? Think think outside the box and.
0: Just and I think from my observations of you, watching you over the past, um, what has it been like? Maybe when did I when I first meet you? What year did you come here? Fourteen. Okay, so over the past five six okay. years, uh, I would say that is something that is a um, a blessing of your personality characteristics yeah. that is going to serve you well. That you, um, I think you can interact with a very diverse range of people. I feel like. Uh, you do kind of play the role where you're not listening or where you... You do that with food, too. That's a whole different conversation. Yeah. But you always always that you don't intend to try something. But in the end, I know Javaris is wise enough that he's not going to not experience what this may be like yeah. just out of ignorance. He's going to yeah. try and see whether this works for him. So, you know, I admire that of you because I think if more uh, people could do that in their youth, it would benefit them long term. Nah, just yeah. in terms of the, even the relationships. You're very... You're very powerful in your relationships. So sometimes um, when I'm sitting around you and I hear you on the phone talking to these individuals who are in very, you notice I say individuals and left it vague. I left it vague. You thought that, right? I ain't put all your business out there. But when you're talk, interacting with these individuals who for the average human would be hard to gain access to. You know, I kind of marvel that like, oh, this young man has created a strong level of networking for him that at some point in your life most definitely will result in levels of prosperity. So, yeah. you know, that's wise. But some of these guys are 20, 25, 30 years your senior, and you're still yeah. able to pick up the phone and have conversations with them as their peer mm-hmm. as it relates to the field you're in. So that's something... um you most definitely should be proud of. Hey, okay, now with this article, one of the things I like is this though. So what I'm taking away from this is that the team from Bishop Diego, they weren't just hosting the team from Chicago Hope in in terms of having them visit. They had arranged a true cultural experience in terms of, Grace, you over there shaking your head, you know, like in terms of, we're gonna have host families. Where even though we're competing against each other, right? Because this is football, mm-hmm. and we use synonyms for football like war, yeah. Because there is a battle. Football is one of the last few gladiator sports, even with some of the rules they're changing, which make yeah. you wonder. But I, I am in favor of safety. I am in favor of safety. Um, but that being said, but you're having kids come in and stay in the homes of their opponents, their adversaries, in one sense, if you know, using yeah. certain term terminology. So, I mean, I, for me, that really gets across. Again, it's more than just a game because I can do that. I can compete against someone. I can give you my all and yet still have a positive interaction with you and a concern for your well-being, even though at this moment I intend to defeat you.
1: Yeah.
0: And I intend to I would hope to come out as the victor because that's what I prepare for. And I think that's something lost in sports. Sometimes people don't realize that like. Uh, And and I'd especially say that as I relate to some of the obnoxious or have observed some of the obnoxious behaviors of parents, coaches and players at times. Like you can come do everything you can to defeat your opponent with a level of class. Matter of fact, this uh, coach had even made a statement. I don't know where it's at in the article where he was telling them, hey, I want you to go uh, basically hit them he is like, and then helped him up again. You know what I'm saying? So here, let me continue reading and see if I come across it. So he's saying, it's Thursday morning and Hope is holding a final walkthrough on Bishop Diego's grass athletic field while classes are in session. The players, each wing blue t-shirts with the word serve on the back, gather around Luckhurst, a former Atlanta Falcons kicker who conceived with Muzikowski the idea of bringing the teams together. The men had known each other since meeting in their mid-20s at a ministry in Bolivia, trying to help orphans. For the last two years, they've tried to make this amazing dream, as Luckhurst describes it, come true. Musikowski was in was the inspiration for the 2001 movie Hardball, in which Keanu Reeves plays a little league coach from the Cabrini Green housing project in Chicago. Musikowski says he is on a uh, says he is on a first-name basis with Barack Obama, whom he calls Barry, and Mark Walter, managing partner of the Dodgers. Both are supporters of Chicago Hope. Luckhurst retired from the NFL at 29 and became an NFL commentator in his, in his native England. He wrote a column for the Daily Mail and Daily Telegraph under different names, he says, and made more money than in his final season in the NFL. Welcome, Luckhurst tells the players in his British accent. It's not just about football. Once you're between the lines, you can play hard and still hit, but it's what happens outside the lines that's really cool for me. We're in a little different environment than you are in Chicago. We feel blessed to be in this environment and to share this with you." Muszkowski tells the players, "'Let's knock them down and help them up.'" Luckhurst explains the philosophy he's hoping everyone adopts. "'I'm trying to beat you. I'm trying to be the best I can. I hope we take that onto the field and we take it in life.'" Uh, I think, let me see if there's much more I want to read that I feel would be important. Oh Yeah, why not? Let me read these couple more paragraphs and then we'll talk about it. More than half of Hope's players have never flown on a plane. There was a distinctive wow heard in the back of their Southwest Airlines flight when it took off from Chicago Midway International Airport, according to players. My teammates were telling me I would be scared, quarterback Trevor Land said. I enjoyed the takeoff and landing because it was like a roller coaster. That being said, I don't like that on planes, man. (laughs) Players and coaches talked about seeing the Pacific Ocean for the first time. I'm going to take my shirt off, receiver Neil Campbell said. (laughs) Said, Land, I'm not really big on water, but I'll probably dip my feet in it. Assistant coach Charles Perry didn't know when he was going to take a swim, only that it was going to happen no matter what. "I, I will swim in the Pacific Ocean before I leave, he said. It doesn't matter what time or how cold I just need a picture with me in it. He should have said, I need a picture with the gram, but we get the point, I need a picture for the gram. Chicago Hope, a non-denominational co-ed Christian school of 287 in the near West Side, opened in the fall of 2005 on the former grounds of a Catholic parish. It's located in one of the most crime-plagued of Chicago's 77 neighborhoods. Two years ago, there was a shooting outside the school stadium and the teams forfeited rather than play there. Two weeks ago, there was another shooting near the school which is adjacent to a homeless center. Musikowski's mission is to prepare his students for adulthood and teach Christian values. He said, there are no locks on school lockers. If there's anything stolen, I have to pay for it. More than 95% of the players on the football team are African-American, most are on scholarship. Bishop Diego, which was a picturesque campus about four miles west of Old Mission Santa Barbara, is a Catholic school of 260 boys and girls with tuition of 15,000. I hope to realize the different lives people may have in this country and how it affects them. Bishop Diego receiver, Luke Mahal said, and I hope I can learn from this experience and become better and more understanding of persons of different cultures. All right, and then I'll wrap it up there. Because I think that right there um, says a lot. And then one of the other headlines says, Building a Bridge. And I think sometimes people, um, you know, really don't see that that's one of the greater purposes of sports and athletics. I think it was even the case for myself in college, and I've always been accepting of diversity and multiculturalism. But for many people, sports, in this case football, becomes one of the first times that they really interact with diverse Prouds. Matter of fact, you went to uh, Winston Salem. Mm-hmm. What was your team like down there? Did y'all have diversity? Would you say it was a diverse team, or?
1: Um, I mean, we we had a lot of black athletes. Okay. But we had uh, different different cult- cultural backgrounds.
0: Is Winston Salem an HBCU? Mm-hmm. I think people would find that interesting. I think yeah. sometimes the uh, the notion, understandably so, yeah. is that every player at a historically black college or university. Is black African American whatever terminology someone would choose to use, but that's often not the case.
1: No, nah, it's, it's not, um, it, and it's actually uh, grown, you know, uh-huh. what I'm saying to to be more 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 diverse, and it's it's still growing continually, but but the main thing is, um, I think people are starting to see is uh, football is football, right? You know, like at at one point in time, like HBCU was known as like, oh, we're going to to listen to the band or watch the chili you know what I'm saying now it's 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 predominantly like good football you know and it's always been like that but um it's just always had a stereotype
0: right
1: and stereotypes are are, are hard to break you know like it's it's just it's just a weird thing it's kind of like um Adidas and Nike people always will always consider Nike over Adidas just because of brand. You know what I'm saying? Like of course you're gonna have some people that, that think oh Adidas, no, no. But overall, people gonna go go with Nike. You know what I'm saying? Like
0: hey watch this though, my brother, <laughs> watch this. I'm just giving you credit that the metaphor you came up with for believing in stereotypes was an Adidas and Nike metaphor. <laughs> I'm gonna give you some credit for that one. I'm gonna give you some credit for that one. Hey, that being said, I'm from Upstate New York. I, I'm a I'm a '70s baby. I grew up in the '80s with hip hop and Run DMC. So I have a full um, I, a really I have a I have enough Adidas ensembles. Yeah. To, you know, I mean, I got enough shell toes. If you want to come through the crib. Yeah. To share a couple, you know. <laughs> but now I hear what you're saying because there is a um. Especially for athletes too. It's
1: more like superior. Right, you know right, like, right, right. Like Division One has always been the the yeah. superior standard. Or you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like the ACC, the SEC, it's always been that standard.
0: Where were we at somewhere recently? When some was I with you? When someone even made the comment like talking about team apparel of different schools? Like I don't know why they switched to Adidas. They should have stayed Nike. Oh uh, yeah,
1: yeah, Who, yeah. I remember yeah. someone. I, I forgot what.
0: what I, I, it might have been um, U- UCLA. And
1: at the Oregon State game, you Yeah, because oh. yeah, you know UCLA was Adidas. They switched over to uh, Under
0: Armour. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, maybe that's what the conversation. But, but was.
1: Under Armour gave them, uh, the largest apparel deal, right? Like ever, I think. They so, said these are business decisions mm, being
0: yeah. made, business decisions. Hey, um, in reference to the article I was reading, though, um, I just think again. That's one of the hardest... I don't want to beat a dead horse because I kind of bring that up a lot in terms of um, really being aware of the purpose and playing sports. I just think people... Every day, since this is what I do for a living, I just encounter people who get it all wrong. Like, everyone thinks this of everyone. And when I say everyone, not literally everyone, but I think 95% of the athletes I work with think they go into the league. And, And maybe you... I'll say you kind of do have to approach it that way. I get it. But in terms of your behaviors, you could demonstrate through the attention you give your academics, that you have clarity as to the rarity of people making it to those outcomes, yeah. right? Even with coaches, like I kind of, I'm kind of exhausted with coaches encouraging students to take whatever classes it takes to be eligible versus if you had clarity that very few of these young people are gonna ever do this for a living and that the true benefit of them participating is to walk away with their education, then why would you encourage them to take random classes, solely to take classes and be eligible to compete versus take classes that can maybe lead to um, desirable career outcomes that have a direct relationship to their major, um, that have a direct relationship to allowing them to explore their options, have a direct relationship to them becoming more marketable, become have a direct relationship to them becoming more aware. Yeah. And, and so the thing for me is how short-sighted people are about what is the purpose of athletics because there are very few things as dominant in the culture of humanity as athletics. Athletics is One of those few things that most people at some point are going to encourage their children to participate in or most people at some level, I don't care whether it's like with football, Pop Warner or whether it's high school, whether it's college, I don't care what sport it's in. We're generally as a culture, as a society and even as a global society going to encourage a kid to compete at some level of sport at some point. And if we really understood the point of it, I just think it could be life changing for people and it could change the culture of society.
1: And you know um a lot of coaches and a lot of people they always say the the best athletes are out out in the streets.
0: Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah. And that and that and that goes a long way because you know if you if if you look at it it, it always been that story of oh man it, it it was this cat that was better than Jordan. You know, like it was right, cat right, right. Yeah. It was this cat that was that, that was better than uh, you know uh. I know some of them. You cats. know, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's crazy because in all the sense they probably were, right. And you know, like you wouldn't you wouldn't hear Michael Jordan saying that, but you know what I'm saying, right, like right. It, it just goes to tell you like they got to show me, they got to come to the NBA and show me. You right, know what I'm saying? They right, got to come right. to the NFL and show right. me. And with that being said, it, it it takes it takes not only an athlete. I think it just takes like. a a wholesome like human being. Like you got to be knowledgeable about everything when it comes to being a professional or, you know what I'm saying? Even a collegial athlete, like you have to really be diligent at your studies and at your craft. Right. You know, like it, it, it's almost to me, basketball is even harder because basketball is a skill. You know what I'm saying? Like that's a, it's instincts and a skill you have to, you know what I'm saying? Like work on like, endless hours football is more of natural athleticism but like mm. you know like just just think about the, the sports that you really got to put in extra skill time
0: like right, right, right. you know
1: what i'm saying like but pe- people don't they don't really they don't really think about it and and that's what i took into consideration right. i was like like i was telling before like it's just all about time management And like opportunity you know like (laughs) are you prepared when your opportunity arises
0: now one thing you said just now was skill and I get your point but one of the things I just want to emphasize because I don't want I don't want parents yeah not catching on because I also see too many parents who think first of all they don't really know the sport so they teach their children what they're aware of as it relates to the sport and oftentimes so with basketball scoring Right, I'm gonna teach my kid know how to shoot my kid know how to dribble um and so, therefore, why isn't my kid the one on the court all the time? But what you didn't get, though, is this. That's where the classroom comes in mm-hmm. and the ability to learn. Because no matter how much skill you have, because and the reason I'm tying this in, because we were just talking about, too, the people who will never play in high school, never play at a collegiate level, mm-hmm. never play at a professional level, but are technically more athletic and more yeah. gifted and more talented, than people who play in high school, play in college and play in the league, but maybe you never taught your kid about, um, let us I could pick up something random like being a team player and bringing a positive energy and spirit to the team and to the, the group as a collective. Um, you never taught your kid to be diligent in a classroom. So therefore, when a coach is trying to implement a play on the spot, your kid doesn't have the mental fortitude and the the mental stamina to be able to pick up this play mm-hmm. at this moment and execute it in the game. So guess what? Therefore, at this crucial moment in the game, your kid won't be in. But here's this kid who some people interpret to be less gifted, less talented, but because mentally they are capable of processing this in the moment, they're going to be the one who gets utilized. And I just think people overlook that far too often where they don't realize, okay, you can run a 4-2, but... You didn't respect the game enough to realize, no, there is some intellect to the game. So you needed to understand what play was called. And let's be real. Sometimes when you hear a quarterback call a play, it sounds like a foreign language, Mm -hmm. right? And if you don't study it, it's just as foreign as calculus to someone. Um, So that being said, you you call a play. So now you need to understand what this play is. Now you need to understand... What adjustment to the play occurs based on the coverage you see in front of you? Now, excuse me, you need to understand what adjustment happens based on not just the coverage, but how the defender immediately in front of you positions itself. You want inside release, but he's positioned inside of you. And your quarterback, then you need to anticipate and figure out who is my quarterback and what is his preferences. And you have to calculate all that in a second, see, and that the, requires a level of intellect. See, the the
1: I would say the prime example, um, see, I, I studied the game. A prime example of that would have been, no shade to Chris Webber, but the national championship.
0: Not that timeout call. The timeout call. That wasn't just on him though. But I hear you. But, what point you make? You made? know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I hear you. J- just the the mental process capacity, it. the process. Yeah. Like, yeah. I oh, man, no yeah, I don't have no timeouts. I don't have any timeouts. Even with my teammate on the bench yeah. saying "call a timeout," no, because we don't have a timeout, timeout, and I I definitively know that. Exactly. Yes, I hear you. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like let's
1: let's be honest. If they were playing, uh, let's just say Duke, you know what yeah, I'm saying, or, yeah, or just anybody yeah. from Carolina, I feel like like a Grant Hill or Christian Leitner. Would have been more knowledgeable. Like I don't got any timeout. You know You're what I'm saying? saying?
0: Bobby like, Hurley wouldn't have called that time timeout.
1: Oh, he he for sure. No, no.
0: No, No, uh, no you know no, what I'm saying? Yeah, like
1: yeah. just it it just that goes to show you like some people are great players, but some people aren't meant for those type of moments. Right. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like yeah. like that's yeah, that's a rare yeah. moment. Like you gotta be special. Like yes. that's a Kobe. That's yes. a Jordan moment. Yeah. That's and yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like that's some things. Parents don't understand either. Yeah. It's just some people are just so gifted.
0: Yeah,
1: like you could never. It don't matter how many t- how many hours you train, how, what intellect you got, what knowledge you got. Some people just don't have that.
0: Right. You know, what I'm like right, that's right, a if right.
1: like a lot of coaches call it the it factor. You know, right. what I'm like you can't coach it, you can't teach it. It's just something that they're blessed with.
0: But again, part of that is because people, you know, and in fairness, uh, Chris, we ain't picking on you. Uh, C-Webb, because you you the man. you still the man, homeboy. I'm humble, humble in your presence. you the man. But just in, in many cases, people haven't been prepared for those moments because certain things weren't required of them because, again, people have the wrong perspective of sports. Let me give you another example for basketball. And, um, you know, and I'm sure this applies to all sports. I'm just using ones I'm more familiar with. You'll see a person who, okay, you're a great scorer and you're a great one-on-one player. But I'll hear a parent sitting there talking negatively (laughs) of every other kid on the court. And I'm thinking to myself, like, but what you don't realize, if your kid was as good as you think they are, then part of being that good is to take players who are not as good as you and turn them into winners in part by setting them up for shots. In part by you understanding, forget what you're good at, what can you do to make these other four players good enough in this moment so y'all can win as a team? And so because you can't do, you, and, and instead you sit there with your kid helping them attribute blame to everyone else. So I recently had an athlete in my office and I asked him, um, now mind you, registration for fall classes, for the classes that began August 26th of this year at this particular school, registration for those classes was in May. So I asked him, um, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, when he was saying, like, I didn't get my classes. that I was like, hey, why did you not get registered? You've been here for three semesters. You know this process. You know, right? And, and he looked at me. He said, because um, last week, I was like, what do you mean last week? My brother, we're talking about something three months ago. He's yeah. like, man, this was last week, man. And then I said, stop for a second. Stop. I'm not going to let you get away with that. Stop talking about last week. And then he went from last week when I wouldn't let him say that was the reason he didn't get in his classes. He started saying, because my mom, I was like, you really about to, you 19 years old. And you really about to blame your mom for the reason? And he's like, well, because if my mom would have just, no, this is on you. Yeah. This is on you. So he actually had his mom on the phone. She was so perturbed with him. He was like, I don't know why she always tripping. I, I was like, maybe because she's working as much as she can to afford to meet the financial obligations of you being at this institution paying out-of-state tuition and you and i try to be thoughtful about the words that come out my mouth but you're bullshitting my brother you're you're costing your mom financially to have to overextend herself while you're out of state, just bullshitting somewhere, playing around. and But part of it is maybe uh, who knows whether he's ever been held accountable before. But again, you know, and relating it back to this article about uh, Chicago Hope and Bishop Diego, you know, without necessarily subscribing to just the purpose um, and vision that these two coaches had, the point is what more can people begin to understand about what can be gained from participation and youth athletics they're just missing the point so we're having generations come out of it with none of the potential benefits of having participate whether it's Mm -hmm. again learning about persistence learning about adversity learning about commitment learning about dedication learning about obstacles even when you mentioned um, you know I I caught on to what you're saying in terms of being great how Some people, you know, they might do the workout part, but they don't pay attention to the nutrition part. (laughs) And they might do the the nutrition part, and they might work out, and they might go hard at practice, but what are they willing to do alone on their own time? And if you're not willing to do all those things, then you're going to have difficulty rising to the elite level and being at certain institutions and, and then going beyond that. And so that being said, if you learn all those things, Let's say you do play in college and you don't get any further. Oh, my goodness. The advantage you're about to have in every other level of life as you move into the secular workforce or whatever you choose to do as an adult. Oh, you're going to be head and shoulders above most people just because you learn those lessons. You know, I'm sorry. I kept interrupting you. I kept looking at you wanting to jump in like we was playing double. You know, (laughs) it's and
1: it it just goes to show. Um. You know some some people they 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 listen and and they take in what what people are saying you know that right. it all it all goes back to that like you having the the intellect and you having the the diligence of seizing the opportunity yeah. you know yeah. and it just it just go goes to show like some some people they they care when it's too late you yeah, know like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's like yeah. it's like it's it's almost in a sense it's like you you gotta strike while the iron hot. Right, you know, right. like <laughs> the opportunity
0: of a lifetime has to be seized yeah, in a lifetime it, of the opportunity.
1: It has to be, and and it's just um, sometimes uh, you realize some opportunities weren't for you.
0: Right,
1: it's for you to see. It was just to right. give you a glimpse, but it's something greater. You know what I'm saying? Like God has a a, a greater path for you, right. and and that's hard. And that's hard to dwell on too, because some people dwell on some things that. We never meant for them right and that and that's a and that's a hard thing getting over, just for instance, like uh like you were saying, a lot of players think like oh I'm going to the to the pros right, everybody's not going you right and that's right. a small percentage right like like people don't understand the the value of that it's like what point one point two, you know what I'm saying like the the value of it even even going to college like that's a low percentage and Everybody think like they're a division athlete, they're a professional player, and it's just not yeah, realistic. Right. You know, I always I always had a saying, I made up my, myself, I, I I called it chasing dreams, but get tripped up by reality. Yeah. You know?
0: I heard you like, say that before. I like that. And, yeah. you,
1: and they always just show you, like, you just got to keep your shoes tied. Yeah. You know, like, you, you got you to gotta be ready for anything. And that's what some people aren't ready for. Like, right. they're not ready for failure. They're not there. Some people aren't even ready for closure, you know? Like, right. they'll they'll quit playing without getting closure of what, you know what I'm saying? Like, what actually happened. Like, oh, that's deep. That's deep. Can you explain that I, in any more detail? This, 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 is a, this is a perfect explanation. Like, um, let's say a, a, I've had players that wanted to transfer, you know what I'm saying? And just upped and, and, and transfer and not having an exit meeting with their coach. Essentially, after the season, even in the pros, you have exit meetings where you have dialogue with your head coach or your position coach, and they and they talk to you about the positives and, and, and negatives and what you need uh-huh. to work on. And essentially, it's a real moment that you need to have. You know right, what I'm saying? It's right. that it's that man on man intellect right. you've been waiting for. You know what I'm right. saying? Like you want to know, like why well, i ain't been playing this season? I need to talk to coach. It's your time. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like and some people essentially run from that by up and transferring, you know? Right. And and it's and it leaves a it, it leaves a gap and, and it leaves a, a window. And their development. Yeah. Huh? It okay. leaves a gap in your window, He's like, man, like, it was something I left behind I needed to know. And that's uh, where people like you like you always hear people like, man, if I could go back, right, I would have never left. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, like right, and essentially right. that, that, that takes that's a hard pill to swallow. Like that's yeah. that, that's a man decision. Like you gotta right. make upon yourself, like that's why I always commend people for sticking it out at universities or school. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's that's losing or changing coach. You know what I'm saying? Because that, that shows your, your right. diligence. And that you know? might
0: be a lesson for something that else might be later a lesson. on down the line. Oh, that's deep, my brother. I didn't even think about taking that one away from our discussion today. Yeah. But that, Hey, that is a big deal because... Certain people run from issues, they run from problems, but what they don't realize, I did not make this one up. I don't know where I got this from, but I think it's a common saying, but wherever you go, there you are. So people don't realize, but guess what? When you went from this school to this school or this team to this team, guess what you took with you? You, and because you never stopped to address the issues or even have honest discussion or dialogue with someone else to see what their perception, and maybe they're wrong, and everything's not a matter of right or wrong, but maybe just to see what their perception was and where the issues with this is why you didn't play or this. is Even if you feel what their feedback is inaccurate, were you honest see, with yourself? That, Did you stop that, to consider it? that
1: even goes even deeper? Like now you question yourself. Say if you say if you're not strong enough, you, you question if if it's Friday, it's Max Day, if you can max out on that. So you try to hide. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you got a you got a math problem. They call you up to the board. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. You you have that 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 thing in the back of your head, like, oh man, I don't, I don't think I could do this. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, then right. you start missing class. Right. You know, like, and and it just it just starts to trickle down in every aspect in, in your life. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and that's that's a hard thing people have to have to think about is you got to some things you just got to take it on,
0: like real life, <laughs> You real know, life.
1: like you you take it on now, you won't have to deal with it later.
0: Real life. And, that's and, and then that can be something that relates to later on down the line career things. Mm-hmm. Hey, because you wouldn't address these issues with your teammates and your coach, mm-hmm. that could end up manifesting itself in your marriage 10 years later down the line because you don't know how to address difficult yeah. issues. Uh, pre- hey, that's very insightful. Hey, watch this. And that's why you're here, Mr. Javaris. My <laughs> you got me? Hey, that being said, everybody, as we wrap it up, if you get a chance, I suggest you go take a look at that article. It's in the sports page from the L.A. Times on Sunday, September 22nd, 2019. Uh oh, grab written by that, man. Eric Sondheimer, when football means more than just a game. And I'm sure we could replace the word football with every other sport, because at the end of the day, it's more uh, when we talk about sports, it's always more than just a game. So we'd always encourage you to look for the life lessons and make sure that your young ones are walking away with those, right? Because at the end of the day, it might sound cliche, but it really is more about the journey than just the destination. Hey, that's a wrap, everybody. You just witnessed two kings talking. Thank you for tuning in to King Talk. Holla at us. Peace.